0: okay hello there happy wednesday it's julia here um on a totally different reality and today's guest is the lovely lovely georgia watson she is a very dear friend of mine and we met two years ago at an access consciousness retreat in costa rica and um have really become very close as as young women in access consciousness, um, you know both looking at at different ways to change things with sex and relationships and 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 all the things that um, that we go through in that area so uh, welcome georgia it 's great to have you on Well,
1: thank you. Hi, everybody.
0: So um, I always like to start the call with with a little bit of background um, about the guest. So I'd love to hear about um, how you found access consciousness and what your background is.
1: Yeah, cool. I I was doing this really intense kind of aesthetic meditation path, and for five years. So I was meditating three hours a day. And for five light. years. Yeah, for five years, like from 19 wow. till I was 24. Um, You're kidding me. So no, I didn't eat. Good
0: for you. Day.
1: No gluten. I meditated a lot. I you were supposed to take. I took a vow of chastity, and you are supposed to do as well as you could without. But it wasn't expected that you would do 100%. But the um, there was that aspect, and basically, you are supposed to be nonviolent in your thought word and deed, chaste in your thought word and deed. And it was a very was structured. What's that? Was it Buddhism? No, it wasn't Buddhism. I did. Uh, do like a little Zen meditation for a little bit before that, but I found this thing and I really thought it was my path. Like it, it was called the path to me and I had a guru and a master and I visited him in India and I worked on the media team. I did a lot of like what was called Sable, which is like selfless service. And it's funny because Julia, you probably like know nothing, not much about this because it's like not really my life now whatsoever. Um, no, no, you're totally different now. Yeah, and uh, but, but I had... Um, you know, even in my will, I had given all, like, if, should something have happened to me, all of my money went to that organization. Like, I truly believed that that was what was going to get me, like, self-realization, and that's what my target was.
0: Right. Um, and in a um, way, you were correct.
1: That's, yeah. Yeah, it's, that's true, because it was part of this amazing process of finding out how following somebody else's path gave me the awareness of me that I'm not actually that. And then when I started exploring what truly is in my reality and in my joy and, and that is part of me truly, it is so contrasting like different in that, that that beautiful whole thing, yes, it took me five years, it's a long time, but now I definitely have like a very pretty clear sense of um, when, you know, when is something for somebody else and when is something for me and, um Yeah. So so I was on that path, and then um, I was also in a relationship for most of that time, and the guy broke up with me, and I was in this huge, like, full-searching time. I saw this psychic, and How she How did he
0: take the whole chastity thing? I just have to ask.
1: Oh. um, Well, I had never had an orgasm that entire time. So sex was kind of a part of our relationship, but not as much as you would guess from, uh, if you, you know, take a subset of people, like, that are in that age group, I would okay. say our relationship was much more on the like mature, like couple that had been married for years and like played around every once in a while, but not very often. So. Okay. And I, I mean, I, chassis wasn't that big of a deal to me because I didn't even know what an orgasm felt like. So like I liked the intimacy and the closeness that sex got me. And I okay. would really admit now that I use that to try to get close to him, but there wasn't really a closeness possible now that I can kind of also compare that to the relationship that I have now it's just there's so much information that becomes like very apparent and clear when you look at things in hindsight <laughs> right oh gosh isn't that the truth um
0: yeah. so sorry you were I cut you off you were talking about a psychic oh,
1: oh yeah so I went to a psychic because um, I needed a little bit of consolation about like what what was happening why he broke up with me and um I, and it's funny because that session didn't really end up being about that. She, she ended up going in the direction of like, this is a time of transition and I knew that, but she said the transition was to actually become your own guru, your own master. And when she said that, I got chills, like these tingles, these like, um, just my hairs on my arms stood on end. It was like, it actually felt true to me, but that idea was so foreign and, uh, against what I had, like, fundament- fundamentally believed and tried to prove and was, right, like, yeah, having him as my life. So um, that was a little bit strange. And I already had an, a trip to India planned at that time. I was going to see a friend that lived, or his family lived there, and I was going to spend a week at an ashram that was there. And so I got to actually talk to the master, which was different. Um yeah, anyway, I might be addressing a little bit too much, but I it's like No, no, it's really questions. interesting. Oh, it is? Okay, cool. Yeah, very much questions. so. Continue. I have some questions that were well, really about me, because I've heard him talk, I've heard his, what were called songs which are like truth, you know, thought means is Sanskrit for truth, and it was like these gatherings about truth, and and that was actually its funny that I say that because truth was the one thing that I kept kind of like praying for, asking for. Like, what's the truth? What's the truth? So when I went to India, I took a dip in the holy water at the Golden Temple, which is like the most sacred place for the uh, Sikh religion. And that was kind of an offshoot. The, the path that I did was kind of an offshoot of the Sikh religion. And I was just saying, like, I would like truth. I would like truth. And that was my first time of actually from what I can remember, really asking a question and opening myself up to, like, okay, what are the infinite possibilities with that? Because I can energetically perceive. I was like, I would like truth. And now I would say what's true about something. But the way I was phrasing it there is like, what is truth? Because to me there was, like, an ultimate truth with a capital T. Like, I just needed to find right. it. <laughs> right. So, so when I asked him these questions that were about me – it was like, okay, so I, I had this hat business at the time, and I was like, I would love to, like, infuse my hat with healing energy, and I know that I kind of have those capacities as a healer. you had a hat business? Yeah, I was. Which uh, like is a awesome.
0: I am so fascinated <laughs> by your past life. I, ha- I feel very close to you, and I had no idea any of this. Yeah, I had a weird
1: Keep going. That. Can we just have Georgia one oh one? Like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, totally. And uh and and I felt like there was something I could infuse like God power or like you know, like love, like in these hats that people could wear and then they could nurture the person's body. Like these are my ideas. And I told him about that and he said we must not engage in spiritual healing. And it was like he was just talking to the group of a million people. And at the time, I kind of agreed with that because the whole idea of healing was—I—I I, I bought into the idea that if I heal somebody else, that I actually take on their karma because I believed in karma at the time, and that you know the karma has to be paid by somebody. But I knew that there was something in these hacks that would infuse the something sweet into a person's life. And he so didn't speak to me when I gave him, like, we talked for about 45 minutes. The place we connected most is he was talking about, know, how to be a good guest in his family's home that I was going to visit. But when it came to spiritual issues, which is what he was for me, like a, a teacher, a spiritual teacher, somebody that I trusted to, like, guide me through these realms of the astral plane, the causal plane, all these planes that I believed in that I was, like, traveling through to try to get to, Satch which is the fifth plane, the, like, place where there's just infinite love, and you don't have to have a body, and, um, it, it's like, for the thing that I was, the, the place that I had him in my life, he never actually spoke to me. He was like he was talking to everybody else but me. So, even though it was just him and me in the room, so, so after when you, that, like, when we do,
0: yeah. cause I, I know I hear a lot in access classes about a lot of spirituality and the metaphysics, Um, like making the body worthless like like Uh you're fully aware you don't have a body I've never because I haven't done a lot of spirituality like I've done a lot of Uh like like body talk and Reiki and stuff like that but not like the actual like path that you went down so I never really understood necessarily what Dane and Gary were talking about until I hear you talking about
1: yeah you really like dismiss it sin comes from. The body is what leads us towards anger and lust. It's where the densities of um, like the lower vibrations, so it was actually considered something negative. The mind and the body were negative, and then there was a the positive power which was God. And I did have experiences of not being in my body, and they were pretty phenomenal. Like, I would say you know, much more intoxicating than any drug could be, where I would like come up out of my body and then like Fizz around like a firecracker that you could light that just like shoots around really really fast like beaming lights. It felt like you I would was, you would know. have those experiences. Yeah, not often, but I I had that multiple times and I had other experiences too. But that was the one that was probably my favorite where I would lift up out of my body and then I would just be spinning around and it was all darkness all around. But there was like totally infinite peace and this sweetness, um, and I made that about the master being gracious enough to give me that experience because that was the whole thing about it. It was like, thank you, master, thank you, master, thank you for giving me this experience. And so there was no acknowledgement of me ever. Um, And that was something I'd been lacking for those five years. And I happened to hear something of Rika's that was like a a telecall thing or like a summit. Because mm-hmm. I was seeking so much. I was just looking for business advice, any kind of advice, you know. And there was something with her that I could tell that I wanted. And I waited till she came to Seattle to take a class. Um, so that was the introduction to access. And I thought I'd only take the bars. And then um, I went straight through and did Foundation Level 1. Two days later, Jerry and Dane happened to be an hour away from me. So I drove down to that and did that. And then, like, one month after that, I did my first seven-day in New Zealand. So I kept, like, going to more and more classes, like, first because I felt good and I was, like, finally getting, like, a sense of me that I had been denying. It was like I was cracking into it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but then secondly, I kept wondering, like, where's the catch of this organization? Because everyone seems so kind and but also like funny because the spiritual thing, like, oh yeah, everyone was kind and sweet and, you know, they were nice, but there was no joy. And like when Rika talked and when Gary and Dane talked, of course the energies were difficult. When Gary and Dane were talking, it was like, they were saying things that were out like completely outrageous to me, but they like kind of diffused that with humor. And it was just fun being in such an exhilarating environment after I'd been at not stimulated for so much, too, because I wouldn't listen to music because that was too worldly. I didn't watch TV, or if I did watch TV or see a movie, it was like I had to feel really bad about it, and I would mark it down in my spiritual diary. Like, we had this form <laughs> that I would check and see all of my, you know, things for the day. Talk about self-judgment, right? Wow. So. So I've always, like, I've always felt like the relationship, because I know this shows about relationships. but, like, I've always felt like the relationship with myself is, like, the number one thing that truly matters. Like, my pa- dad passed away when I was 15, and I was close with him, and I was an only child. Like, there are a lot of things you could say that would be reasons that I count on myself, but I always wanted to feel like, and my mom also raised me to be, like, as independent as could be. <laughs> but then, like, at the core of that, too, it was, like, if I always have me, I can always count on me. So first I got into a spiritual path that said, okay, God powers within, you can have everything within you. Um, but then further past that, it was like, okay, wow. So I don't even have to do me in somebody else's way. I can actually just find out what me is. So that's what I've been doing from then until now. And, um, just uncovering more of like what actually matters to me and is exciting to me. And like, that I have, you know, where do I have these gifts and capacities and, um, been doing
0: that right. and I, I mean, I guess like transitioning from this part of the conversation to when we talk about your relationship and namely your relationship with Brett. Um, it's interesting because the foundation that you have for your relationship with Brett is probably going to be different than most people's foundation because, yeah. You actually have you. You have your own back and and you could you know, Brett is an amazing contribution to your life and at the end of the day you don't need him. He is an addition to your life, but you have you.
1: Right, right. And I've been in relationships where I didn't have that, where I was like looking for that person to complete me. But mm-hmm. I actually know the difference, like and energetically I felt it and there was no like it was there was always a sense of um Kind of being unsettled. I mean, they there are kind of names for this in the psychological fields of like, like codependent relationships. And you know, there, I think there's probably an aspect of that um, in most relationships. And I, I felt that so much in that in that longer one that I was in. And it didn't work for me because fundamentally, I'm a person that really, really enjoys my independence. And um, and thank thank God I found like access because. Those like the tools that I've actually used and applied that are all in the relationship area, and I, I've taken I think almost all the classes that are in that area because it interests me so much. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just like they they work crazy well, and I I didn't have like I knew what I wanted before, but I didn't know how to make it happen until I had those tools. Yeah, I'm very grateful to access and Gary for putting them out there and like kind of speaking them in a language that I could get and then institute them
0: yeah yeah and even when they speak like it's in a language sometimes it's it's in a language that we get but sometimes it takes a while to like mm. integrate it or really really get it but just yeah. by like continuing and just having the the will to to keep moving forward eventually it bec- it, it becomes you. you you learn it and then it becomes
1: you so. right and then I don't even realize that I'm doing it at the I know
0: This I said to Brett the other day I was like I said something about like why can't I see that I'm gifted in this area and he's like he's like Julia you can never see you like you you are you it's just natural and who you are he's like if you're gonna wait around to get like to see it or to 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 get it like you might as well just forget about it because you just are it and you just keep moving forward and and one day you just become it and i was like oh yeah. right okay yeah that's right that's right brett <laughs> <laughs> so yeah yeah um so all right so i want to talk about just i like from my perspective when i see you and Brett together it's like the the kindness that you have towards him is a kindness that I don't think I have ever seen any man any woman be to a man before maybe ever I, I can't think of any examples off the top of my head um and it's just really like Gary like I remember Gary saying at the sex and rela- relationship class in Houston last year like he looks around and he sees like maybe 10 relationships, like out of everybody that he knows, maybe 10 relationships that are are great relationships. And I'm quite sure that you and Brett were included in that toll. And he said that even like Gary said himself, like I'm just not interested in being in a relationship, um, even having seen all of those. And that's kind of how I look at it. Like, I'm like, I'm really just, not like I don't see how it would work and I have given myself up too many times and now i have all these great tools so now I have a choice to be in a relationship or not but when I look at you and Brett I'm like well they're just friends who like live together and have sex (laughs) yeah (laughs) and it's just really cool because you like when you're with each other you always want the other person to be more because you're not you're not willing to let the other person have less less and it goes both ways um Mm -hmm. so I don't know I don't want to say what's your secret but but what are the ways in which like what are some of the things that you do um and not even do it's more that you be like what are some of the things like what do you be with Brett that's that's different like there's something behind that kindness And maybe you have a clearing statement for people, um, or a tool or a tip or, you know, something to get people on that track. Because I know that this is a long, has been a long time cultivating whatever that kindness is. Like, it's not like you drink a magic potion, but,
1: but if you could just
0: talk about that, that would be really great.
1: Yeah, that is such a cool thing to acknowledge too, Julia, because it is something that happens over time. Like, um when I look back at when Brett and I first got together, there were times where things seemed much more confusing. And it's like, it's so cool because he and I are both really willing to change a lot. So even if just looking back a short amount of time, things change so much. Um, But the beginning of that transition for me was clearing my ideas of utopian constructs of relationships. Um, and that was that seven, that first seven days that I did that was in New Zealand. And um, I paid for him to go with me, actually. He didn't have the money and to go to that class. And I had some, like, money saved. And I just, like, it was going to be a loan at first, but it was such a big amount of money to get there. I think it was like 6000 and a half or something per person. But it's like, you know, the plane trip there and the... Um, And the the seven day itself, it's just, it was a long trip. I think we traveled two days each way. It was like kind of a big deal, but that was the beginning of our relationship actually, like was going to that class. And that's the huge thing that came up during that class was these utopian constructs that people lived by. And I saw so clearly how in my other relationship I was functioning from that and just in my daily life that like I thought things were supposed to be like um, like a romantic movie. Like, I wanted a guy to get me. I wanted a guy to be interested in talking about my nails and my hair. I wanted somebody who, like, was more like a girlfriend. Like, I had all these ideas and expectations, and I didn't really get what what guy, like, what, a, what, like, kind of the difference between men and women and how to honor that. So, I mean, and I'll take a little tangent here, too, and then we can clear some stuff about utopian constructs. But now, if I want to talk about my nails, I'll say, I'm just, I'm just so terrible. I'm so girly. Like, I just, I need someone to tell me that my nails look so awesome today. And then it makes me think that will say, oh, they do. They look awesome. And then he'll, he's even improved, like, in, because like, he's willing to like play with me in that way. And he's like, well, I think I have to see it, you know, them with an outfit first, because I would like to see how they go. And then I'm like, okay, now I've got an outfit on. Like, what do you think? And then, <laughs> so we're like really willing to humor each other so like there were times like um maybe six months ago or so where he like really wanted me to watch him play this game so he like I could see how good at it he was and and like that's and I humored him in that way I was like oh my gosh like I can't even get like a tenth that far and it's funny because like those same things could be said with such malice and such non-consideration for a person because they, they're also kind of silly. But at the same time, we mean it with total caring because we actually really like each other. Right. And, and it's those little kind of things that, um, that are just, they feel like such acknowledgments. My, you know, the other boyfriend didn't have the caring or the desire to, to learn how to talk about my nails because that would make me happy. And I don't need to talk about my nails every day, obviously, but it's like that's just one example of right. something that feels like it mattered. So in the utopia functioning from the utopian construct, there was no way to, for me to get him, get the other person, whoever it is, to, to, to acknowledge the things I wanted to acknowledge because it was just supposed to magically appear. Right. It was supposed to it's just happen of- and he was supposed to know.
0: It kind of comes full circle to what you said before, because you said like you when you went to New Zealand, you had these utopian constructs about how a man would, you know, be a girlfriend to you and care about things like that. And and it's neat to see that once you cleared those utopian constructs, you're getting exactly what you want. Like, you know what I mean? Like he if, if that's yeah. what's required of him, he'll be that for you. But it, you yeah. can't have choice in that area. You can't have what you'd like until you clear, like, the, the conclusion or the definition of what should be.
1: Right. And then be willing to have it not show up or be willing to have it there. So so let's just do some utopian constructs. So anywhere where any of you have functioned from utopian constructs in this life, in past life with relationships, and any time, space, dimension, and realities, and any of you who have been the creators of the constructs and relationships, can we destroy and then create all of that times of zillions? Yeah. Right, wrong, good, bad, all nine, pod, talk, shorts, boys, and beyond. Um, I'm trying to think back to that class, too. Like, what were the... I mean, I guess, like, if in your daily life any of you catch yourself doing something that feels like you want something from somebody and it's supposed to be that moment where somebody rides in on their horse or the moment that, like I used to this is so like cute, I used to go to the meditation center in Oregon and there were a couple of cute guys there and of course you weren't supposed to do things but like you know, even just seeing somebody there because it was such an austere environment was really exciting. So even like having, like working in the garden next to somebody and having a conversation was like really titillating. And so you'd hope to like craft paths (laughs) with somebody and you had one hour a day that was free time. And it was after dinner before the two hour, like, yeah, other thing. And it was like, I would wait and just pine and hope that somebody would cross my path and we could talk and then, you know, something would happen. But it was a very specific energy that I just realized that I actually don't have anymore. That is like when you're waiting for that thing to happen, where you, where it feels like a movie. So ask like what utopian constructs and I functioning from here? And then what other choices do I have? Cause they felt so intense and so powerful. Like,
0: Oh like, yeah. I was
1: nothing if they didn't get validated. Almost, it was very like a personal fulfillment. almost if somebody didn't like fill that fantasy. Can you yeah. relate to any of that? Sure.
0: Yeah, I remember when I was, I think I was fifteen, and probably until I started doing access and cleared all of it. But when I was fifteen, I used to have such crushes on boys that I couldn't get out of bed in the morning because I would lay in bed for over an hour. <sighs> Thinking about them and imagining, well, what if this scenario took place, or what if this scenario took place, and like wow. I'm expecting this out of a 15 year old boy. <laughs>
1: right. If he Who's can make it to school with
0: shower. pants on, that's probably a good thing. And I'm expecting right. him to be Prince Charming. And right. um, I used to so have that. I I would waste so much time in bed, and then in the shower, and it was all I could think about was, but if this happened, and it is, it's like, it's the need for validation, and it's funny that you said that, because yesterday, I was, um, I was working, and I was thinking to myself, like, there was some love song that came up on the radio, and I was like, I used to feel this so strongly, and, and like, there's no charge on it anymore, like, I just don't, have it anymore it's not there and so now I I can have a relationship or not have one it's just it's just a choice or if it makes my life greater or funner or I can contribute to someone but it's not like that it's like an electric charge like I could not get out of bed in the morning because I was just so excited by all of these these scenarios that I had created
1: in my head yeah that, and that is interesting to to clear the energy around it, and then that opens up a possibility that's actually even greater and more intense. It's just very different than an electric charge. It's almost like um, just more possibilities and like, kind of like a... Um, I mean, cause it's, it's different every time, but it's like the excitement doesn't have to go away at all. It's just the framework in which you can can go through it. It's less... It's less um, Functioning from how you how you feel like it's supposed to be, and more actually seeing what is really going on there. Because so the, um, the thing that I was doing was waiting for something to happen, and I would it would almost be a paralysis. Like I couldn't actually ever. It was like I was hoping for these paths to cross, but I couldn't actually ever um, be the one that would create something taking place. So now,
0: right? Like, see, like you really were the
1: victim, of- right? you
0: were the victim of circumstance.
1: Right. And, uh, and and something has shifted, and the main thing I've done between then and now is access, so I'm just very grateful. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it
1: yeah, could be just a like coincidence, but I don't think so. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm sure it's just a coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> There's just lots and lots and lots of clearings, and I always knew when I was younger that I wanted a relationship that was different. Like, I looked around, and this was an awareness I had at a very young age. Like, even... I remember for sure thinking it when I was a teenager, but I remember thinking out of all the relationships I've ever seen, I don't even like one of them. I wouldn't want to be a part of one of them. Really? None of them. And I don't want any of that. And so for me, I would either not have one or it would be totally different. And then I did get into that relationship after. And I'm, I'm really grateful for it. Like, I don't think anything that I would say now would have any validity or like... um. I don't know, it was just such a valuable experience to have had because I know now, like, so distinctly that, what relationships c- could be and then what I have now, and, like, its they're very, very different.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, sometimes it's, it's,
0: it's not like we have to go through life, you know, creating frustrating experiences so that we can know the difference. But sometimes there is a certain magic in knowing the alternative (laughs) to the magic.
1: Right. And then sometimes, like, there's some areas in my life where I don't need to know the alternative. Like, for some reason when I was younger, when I saw people that did coke, for example, I was, like, never interested. I just knew fundamentally That was not something that was going to work for me. As soon as I heard that you feel shittier after, and it's, like, pretty soon after, I was like, no, thank you. So, like, there's some areas where we already, like, don't even have to, like, go through the other stuff. But, But for relationship with me, I really did. Like, I was so wanting the passionate, and it was a passionate relationship. And I felt over the moon sometimes, and then just totally down in the dumps. It was, like, really high peaks and low valleys and... I would miss him and yearn for him and need him and cry and cry and cry. I got wrinkles when I, like, between my eyes and these, like, crying things. When I was, like, I had them when I was, like, 21. I would just cry so much in that relationship. And I think those have actually since gone away. I don't think I have them anymore. (laughs) I'd have to check. But, you know, I think that's more of a utopian relationship than what I have now. What I have now there's nothing, like, I don't know. I mean, I guess a movie could be made of it, but those feelings were very distinctly like, oh, I love this person so much, I would give myself up for him completely. Like, and I did. <laughs> and it did not. It was not fun. <laughs> I mean, at the time, I think I did have fun with it. I thought it was just like the coolest gift that I could give for somebody to give myself to him. And then <laughs> I was like, right. I love you too. And then now I'm like, oh, I'm just going to give myself the gift of me. And then if other people you know, want to receive some of that too, then that's awesome, but it's not going to be for anybody else anymore.
0: Yeah. I was, I was thinking about that. I was thinking a lot yesterday. Um, and I was just like thinking about all the different places that I've lived and, and where I want to go next and what I want to do. And cause I like to keep moving. And, um, but I, and I thought to myself, you know, it's not where I am. It's the fact that I'm with me. And, and any type of uncomfortable, you know, feelings I have, um, not even feelings, just any type of discomfort is just when I pick up on other people's judgments of themselves around me. Mm -hmm. And that's just a lack of presence. Like if I'm present, there's absolutely no problem. So it's just really interesting to look at things and think, you know, it's not, it has nothing to do with what's going on outside of you. It's just, you willing to be kind to you and to have you first. That
1: is so true. It really is, and then you can look at that with relationships, too, because we're supposed to all want a relationship. Like, there is no... I I would say that there's no space in this culture for people who are choosing to not have relationships. Like, that basically fundamentally means that that person can be totally judged and written off as somebody either who, A, is broken... Uh, be unable to maintain relationships, uh, or C, just rejected by other people. Um, there's no category for people who, like, want something more than the shitty relationships that they've seen everywhere. Um, hmm. and, and so it's one really cool thing. It just gets super clear, like, is a relationship something that I'm actually interested in? And it doesn't have to be a distinct answer, like, yes or no. But, and it might be yes if. Or, well, it would depend. But right. to, I mean, it's, it's just really interesting to actually finally look at that because there, there have been a few times in my life where I'm like, okay, I actually really don't want a relationship now. And there was so much personal growth that actually came from those moments. And then there were other times where I really have. I mean, right now I would not want a relationship because I have so much fun with Brett. Like, he's, he's my best friend, so it would be... Um, much less fun, like, he just, I don't know, I really appreciate the humor and, like, funny that he brings to my life.
0: Yeah, oh, he's fantastic. Um, so, so, we talked a little bit about, um, well, we talked a lot about a lot of things, but about the, the kindness that you are with Brett, and I also wanted to direct the conversation sort of in the sense of... Um, like how you each give each other your space when you need it and, and just are willing to each be yourselves, um, like kind of cohabitating and co-creating together, but still each creating whatever the other one wants to totally create.
1: Right. Um- so that was something that I tried desperately to do in that first relationship and it was completely unsuccessful. We like tried to create physical spaces that were each other, like not, like, not for the other person, but just our own. We tried living together and it was just horrendous. Like, so uh, it's funny because I don't really know, like, because we don't actually ever, it sounds so strange, but we never actually have alone time, which you you hear is like the key to a good relationship is, alone time, and um, compromise. And we do neither of those. So, oh, really? Yeah. So the relationship that Brett and I have, I would not recommend it to anybody else. I recommend that you find, like, those strange little things that actually work for you um, and, and allow yourself the, the possibility of exploring what those truly might be. Because for me, alone time and Brett, like, it doesn't exist. And I think part of it is that we always each have our own selves. So we don't have to be away from somebody else to, to have that space for me. Like, I don't have to be away from him. And he doesn't pry into me and I don't pry into him. So there's nothing that we need to kind of escape from or get away from. Now, other people, that would drive them crazy. I know Gary and Dana talked about their relationship. And what really works for them is they just kind of stay in separate areas of the house. And they've kind of each got their own floors. And, like, they don't bother each other. And, and that really, really works for them. And so there really isn't a right or wrong way of doing it. Um, I think the key is to just figure out how crazy you might be or how, like, weird your true ideal situation would be. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Okay.
0: Well, and I guess that's the thing is it's just looking at the relationship and being present,
1: you know? It's not, not, there is no how to. It's very, yeah, I mean, it's kind of as simple to me as, like, you know, what my body needs each day. Like, sometimes I exercise and sometimes I don't. Sometimes I like to eat out at restaurants. Sometimes I like to do delivery. Sometimes I prefer to cook. Sometimes I prefer to go out and get a snack. Like, the relationship is just as, like, in question to me. And it's like, what what does it, like, what do I desire to do next? Is it eat or is it like go hang out with bread? Is it get my bars on? Do I want to create something with the business? Like it's all just in the, in, like the relationship is another aspect of, of just what's in my daily life. Um, so it's just, it's all very fluid and we don't really have any, we have one kind of ritual or routine where in the evening we either run each other's bars or do a body process. So either we'll do a full trade, like, Meaning, like he'll do something on me, and I'll, you know, give something to him, or it'll just be one way. If it gets kind of late, and then we smoke last night. So those are the things that are the constants every day. And other than that, it could be anything.
0: (laughs) Wow. you get your bars run almost every day. Yep. (laughs) That's awesome, Georgia. Yeah. I.
1: I, The other thing. Yeah, I have not maybe put as much weight on that. Is it? It really deserves because getting your bars run is like. For me, so truly the bars is what replaced the three hours of meditation for me. The bars, getting my bars run once a week when I was doing it then was replacing the sensations that I was craving from meditating three hours a day and not quite reaching. So so it gave me that sense of peace, relaxation, mental calm, like get rid of the chatter, get rid of the, um, the angst, the judgment, um... When I was meditating, I did a specific kind of meditation where you were clearing the negative thoughts that you'd accumulated during the day, which is hilarious because it's kind of like what bars does, that you listen to the sound and it would like incinerate or burn up all these negative impressions that you'd collected throughout the day or lifetimes, which is so funny because the bars actually does that by putting this gentle pressure on these specific points on the head, but it does it through, it actually does it through lifetimes and then you don't feel... Like, with meditation, I felt this weird kind of withdrawal if I didn't do it, and there was so much judgment if I didn't do it. Um, With the bars, it's like, oh, I could get my bars run and this would be easier. There's much more choice involved. And it actually is just way, way, way more efficient and dynamic. (laughs) But I'm looking for it a long time ago.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, um, No, I had a lady who emailed me this morning, and she's very suicidal, and I said, like, I think she's maybe only had her bars run a few times. And I said, like, if you just get your bars run once a week, like, I wonder what would change. Like, it really just kind of pulls the rug out from underneath of anything that is going wrong in your life. It's just gone. Yeah, and
1: if if, if somebody is willing to let their whole reality potentially be not what they think it is, because having the rug pulled out from under me was... um, uncomfortable to say the least and there's nothing I would trade that for the entire world I wouldn't it's just like the the transition of me actually starting to go into question for what's my reality instead of just functioning from these bars or from the implants from other lifetimes and other people Um, but the stuff that the bars clears like it's like all the garbage that you wish wasn't even yours actually is it and then you can actually get rid of it and then start to see what actually is your your life and and so yeah to me bars are just like the most amazing thing ever I know
0: um, I love them I'm so excited I just moved to um, Brandon Manitoba um, and absolutely loving it here it's like the greatest space from which to create like I just feel so much ease here life is so easy here And I'm just so excited to get my Bars practice started because, um, yeah, it's just, it's, I don't know, like the, the, like the way that people walk into a session and, and look and all the expectations they have and everywhere they've judged themselves, like you can just see it in them. And then when they leave, it's like, they're just this fluffy marshmallow that doesn't even know which way is up. Like, I don't know. It's just, it's absolutely thrilling. So. It
1: is thrilling, yeah. I have um, a session tomorrow. I'm really grateful for this this Bars client, actually, because um, I do hypnosis also, and he asked for a combination of the two. And I was like, yeah, I guess so. I mean, to me, I'm like, well, Bars is, like, totally, like, way more amazing than hypnosis, so, you know, that's fine. But, like, the cool, the cool thing about that, though, is, I've had a lot of people get their bars run the first time and don't really feel anything, and I didn't either my very first time. Um, and it was really fascinating because, like, I just kept with it because I wanted the access tool, and then come to realize that's, like, the most dynamic thing ever. Um, but with this person, it's like it's like I distracted him enough or let him see that there was something going on, because sometimes you're like, what's actually happening here? I'm just laying here, and then someone's putting, like, gentle pressure. So, like, I combined it with this hypnosis and he could then mentally buy into something was happening, right? So, he was already allowing for a transition to happen. And he had the most dynamic session ever. His body was, like, moving in waves and, like, all this ESP energy was running through him, too. And, like, I think I'm going to start, like, doing that and then, like... After a little while, I will break it to the people that the whole potency is actually the, the bars, even though they've been thinking of the hypnosis <laughs> and the bars combo.
0: <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Yeah, I guess bars is pretty unrecognizable to a lot of people. So sometimes it's easier if you like do something that they're fami- familiar with to kind of be like, actually, it's not that. It's the bars.
1: Right. <laughs> and for me, that was personal growth. Like, I knew I wanted personal growth. Well, I come to, you know, hear that I have to take this Bars class in order to get to the other tools. And I was like, well, first of all, I was taking a med- doing that meditation path that got into no healing. So I was saying my spiritual mantra that entire Bars class to, like, protect myself. So I was running the thing oh. like, saying the Simran. And I was like... You know, like, okay, like, I will be forgiven. Like, I need, I, I, get that I need these tools. So I was listening, and then, like, once all that stuff cleared away, I could see that I was, like, I didn't actually need to – there was nothing to protect myself from. There was nobody trying to um, indoctrinate me. There was no um, – it was nothing that I thought it would be. Um, and, yeah, it was just – it was a very fascinating thing. Huh. I was not um, a good – um, bars class. Person. <laughs> I probably asked really terrible and obnoxious questions too, like well, about like the significance of like spirituality and like oh, was a whole different. Yeah, I
0: feel like you would be a toughie in a first bars class at that. From that, point. yeah, okay. I could
1: take care of that. I, it's
0: really yeah. amazing how you transitioned and like yeah. quite seamlessly. Like com- considering how into your, I don't even. What do you call it? the path the path okay so how far down the path you were how willing you were to give that up for something greater
1: well I really didn't actually have a choice like there was one day where I, well it was really from that level two three where like the choice to me was for truth so the, the thing that I was willing to do was like let go of anything that wasn't truth, and the thing just started crumbling and now it's like it's right like okay you know a lot of that stuff isn't actually real but because the mind is so powerful, and because we like our point of view creates our reality, I would have miracles. Like, I would ask master for a miracle, and then something would happen. So it's like it's very self affirming and reinforcing. Self reinforcing. Right. Well,
0: it's like if you're a Christian and you pray to God, a lot of the time it's going to show up. It, it really does yeah. work.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. And then I'm just so grateful now to have access where I can acknowledge that the potency um, is a capacity that i have and that i can invite the rest of the universe to contribute to that if i have something that i'd like to change that if i'm oneness with everything it's like okay so what can we create like if i'd like to create something amazing so you know molecules would you be willing to just invite the molecules just say molecules are you willing to um to contribute to this this change that i'm perceiving as possible and then right. you go the quantum entanglements, you can ask. And there are just so many, like, kooky, strange things in Access that sound so strange. And then you go, and it's like, oh, I'm, that I'm... feels good. It <laughs> <laughs> feels really good. Yeah. People go to, like, classes feeling all like, um, I don't know, like, uh, a little self-conscious, wondering how you're dressing that day. Why did your makeup look like this? And then, like, the last day we're all, like, hair messed up, puppy pile, like, snuggling with everything. <laughs> I know.
0: Usually by the end of the fourth day, like, my makeup is smeared, my hair is whatever. I'm, like, usually in, like, a doggy pile, like, snuggling with, like, six people. <laughs> yep.
1: It's so cool. And that's what I found is more, like, the energy of me, like, I am quite a cuddler. And, you know, and then also going back to some relationship stuff, it's like there are fundamentally some people that there's just going to be more fun to be in relationship with. So if you are currently in a relationship where it's just not fun most of the time or all the time, like, it's the hardest thing in the world for me when I was in that relationship to look and see, okay, like, what, what compatibility do we have? He he and I didn't really have anything in common, but I felt like love could prevail that. Mm. Brett and I, I mean, we have... I would say we have, like, a a desire for consciousness and awareness in general, a willingness to to have things change and be fluid, Um, a willingness to not really... Well, actually, a requirement to not have structure or, like, rules. Um, And and then, yeah, you just kind of have to see like if you're interested in creating a relationship like you know you can either do a couple of things make a list of the characteristics and things that you'd really like to have in a person i'm not talking about like eye color or hair color or how tall he is like like energetically like what is what what is it that you would love to have as an addition to your life and then you can kind of pull all those energy to you and trickle a little bit of it back out into the world you know perceive that energy of what you'd like to have in your life and then triple a little bit of it back and then just see, you know, if somebody shows up that matches that energy that you might like to create something with.
0: Right. Um, We have about 10 more minutes left and I'd really like to hear about, there's no jealousy between you and Brett whatsoever and and I'm sure that that was cultivated over time too because... um, Mm -hmm that's not necessarily something that's just, you know, comes naturally. It can, but um, can you talk about how you guys got there?
1: Sure. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Um, Well, the demand, like we both made the demand at the beginning of our relationship that we weren't going to have like what most people would consider like a monogamous relationship. We wanted the possibility of being able to be with other people sexually And I didn't know that it was going to be a long-term relationship. We were just kind of like friends that were also together. So it didn't seem like as big of a deal. Um, But now having been together two and a half years, it is a little bit odd, I guess. People would say that we don't have like a definition that things need to be monogamous between us. Um, So earlier on, we made that that choice. For me, I had just come out of that five-year relationship and I'd only... With him and one other person, so my number was two, and I wanted to experience more things. Like before, I got into a relationship that was monogamous, so that was like my "quote unquote" reason. Right. And and then at first, I'd say it was harder for Brett for sure, um, because I was kind of like taking, like taking him up on that offer more. I guess it's not an offer, but I don't know how else to put it. Like I was, I was with more like other people, mm-hmm. and. I don't – maybe you can help fill some things in between too, Julia, but the the thing is now um, we are both so clear that like neither of us are interested in doing anything explicitly against each other. So if I choose to sleep with somebody else, it is not out of malice. It's not out of Brett not being good enough. It's not out of – Proving something.
0: And I think the thing is that other people could try to have the same sort of thing going on and really make themselves believe that it's not out of malice. But Mm -hmm. on some level I think that it is for most people and Okay. It's really not for you. Um I'm not really really sure how else to put that, but it's just you guys you're not even really in a relationship. (laughs) When it really comes down to it, it's it's nothing that has ever existed before, like if I look at the definition of the world relationship, you guys fit it perfectly in some ways, and in others it's you don't fit it at all, but mm-hmm. you're just not interested in you're not as committed to the relationship to the idea of the relationship as you are to yourself, and that's what makes the relationship completely blossom, because yeah. You I'm, I'm each want to yeah. blossom. And so anything that you guys create, no matter if it's a relationship with one another, if it's a radio show, if it's a book, if it's a class, if whatever it is, like it's going to flourish because you're committed to flourishing and to being all that you can be. So the relationship is just one thing that you have chosen to create. And it's, right. it's a beautiful Beautiful thing. But it's more like the byproduct of you just being willing to do whatever it takes, no matter how ugly or awful it looks. Or, you know, if there is jealousy uh-huh. at the beginning, like you're both just willing to look it right in the face yeah. and still be with yourselves enough to even be with each other on the subject, like to, right. you know, be present enough with you in order to be okay to talk, to bring it up to the other person. And then right. you guys have each other's back to the, to the point that, and, and I think that what would happen, the, the, the place where it would go with a lot of other relationships is that you guys, something would come up and you would see it. Like, for instance, let's say that you were sleeping with somebody, you were choosing to sleep with somebody else and it was hard for Brett. Um, you know, most people, in in your position would look at it as I either have to have Brett's back here or I have to have the back of the person I'm sleeping with it would be like Uh that would be that would be the two choices is where most people would go but you go um no it's not about choosing for either of them and it's not about choosing for me it's about choosing for all of us it's like everybody is included
1: it, that's exactly the key is if any of that is functioning from exclusion at all like if someone were to do that and have that as time away from the other person it 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 totally would create a rift in something that would probably be irreconcilable even but oh absolutely including including Brett it can sound a little strange but like I just don't I don't put up a wall between him and me if I'm with somebody else actually and I have done that before in the past early on and it just like really didn't work and then we got to that place where it's like oh were you excluding me and I was like oh my gosh I was I thought that was how I would honor you by like putting up a wall instead of making you look at it or be a part of it and then we took down that energetic I took down that energetic wall and was going to include him just like I always include him and and then there was no problem with it anymore really the 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 problem and the issue and where the jealousy felt like it was a thing is is when there was that weird energetic thing where like i'm going to push him out of my universe so that i can go and have sex with somebody else like why would i have to push somebody else out i mean He's just always in my life. My cat's always in my life. You're always in my life. A lot of people are always in my life. Like, yeah. there's no reason to, like, remove somebody or excise somebody from a situation. So
0: Right. And the thing is, that does not exist on planet Earth. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. You don't get how different uh, you are. Oh. That is, <laughs> like, yeah. it, to I you it doesn't make bad. sense. But to somebody else, it would be like, like, uh, oh, my God, like, how could I, like, it's just an automatic response system. Actually, we should mm-hmm. clear that. It's just yeah. an automatic response system that you would go to the place of loving somebody else. Like, whatever, I'm going to use this reality term. Loving sure. somebody else makes you love Brett less.
1: Like, right. that is where people go. Totally. And I actually have some other sort of... Um, I don't know how to call it but just other really important people to my life that are men and because there is an exclusion that i'm functioning from with it brett can actually see what an amazing um, con- like contribution that they are to me and then that actually means that i can be a bigger contribution to him so it really isn't as linear for me and i know this wouldn't work for lots of people so i'm not advocating it i'm just saying that when i looked at what was actually real for me about relationships, it actually works for me to have um, more people in my life. And um, it turns out I just have a, a, abundant, you know, love or whatever. I just have, like, a, you know, a thing where I don't love anybody less when I meet somebody else and um, have a thing, which might be love or not, you know? <laughs>
0: yeah, absolutely. No, it's it's like I've, you know, had sex with people before, and it's like, it it does sound strange to say it out loud, but it's like the whole world is included. Like every leaf yeah. on every tree is included. Like everything is included. It's not. It's not one or the other. It just all is. And it's the reason that most relationships aren't completely joyful is because we have this concept that there has to be like defining walls of what is included. Like you can't include like if you included then your grandfather would be included in the sex that like you know like right. it's just those there's I,
1: I, it I haven't sounds too weird but it's like
0: yeah yeah but I, I've never I've been ia lot like you I can see more like of where other people are functioning from in that area I think okay. but yeah but it's like, I've gone
1: off the deep end. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, and good, don't come back. because. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Trust
1: me, I can see it and it's not pretty. Um, well, the but, other thing that I wanted to say, which is like a totally different idea, is there are, like, w- our culture really defines a whole lot of, of how we see relationships, just because it's the people that have come before us that give us kind of examples for what's possible. And um, in in our culture, it's like, Really, like Mormons, I guess, are the only people who we have thought of as being like polyamorous or polygamous. Um, but, like, think about it with, with people's animals. Like, I get that we don't love our animals in the same way that, you know, being in a primary relationship with a person is. But how many people do? Some people do. You know? do. It. exactly how many people do you know that love their dogs more than their husbands or wives or like have a connection with animals now if you've got another animal would you love them differently and I would say yes for me um I have a horse and I have a cat and another cat one cat lives with my mom and you know what if we could see relationships as, as, a, as a, in a similar way like I'm an animal person so this analogy works for me if you're not an animal person this one won't but is see relationships with people as you do with animals. Like, do they contribute? Are they Do they bring joy to your life? Like, if an animal is creating a lot of havoc and, and um, problems, like, would you keep that animal around or would you try to find another home for it? Like, what if we look at a relationship in a non-significant way, bring it into another perspective that shifts things so that you can see more of what's going on and run as many um, utopian construct clearings as, as you can to get to that point where you can see it as something as simple as that and then you know maybe having other people or other animals involved is like a, a possibility or maybe not but um it's just I think it's so interesting that we can feel like I can totally feel that and see how easy it is with animals but I can see how with people it doesn't feel that easy right um can we clear a couple?
0: We just have one minute left, but can we clear um, auto, some auto responders for sex and relationships uh, while sure. we have a minute left?
1: Yeah, so any autoresponders that you have been, autoresponder systems that you've been functioning from with relationships um, and anything with that that also might be linked to utopian constructs, would you be willing to join and create all of that times a godzillion? Yes. All right, wrong, good, bad, online, pod, talk, shorts, boys, and beyond. So, any autoresponder systems that keep you stuck in relationships or non-relationships that are not working for you, can we destroy and create all of that?
0: Yes.
1: Yeah. Right, wrong, good, bad, online, pod, talk, shorts, boys, and beyond. So, if you weren't functioning from autoresponder systems in relationships, what could you function from? What choice could you have? Nothing <laughs> that doesn't allow that. Can we destroy and create all of that? Yes. Yeah. Right, wrong, good, bad, online, pod, talk shorts, boys, and beyond. And are you willing to be as wild and crazy and outrageous and different as you truly be in a relationship and everything that doesn't allow that? Can we destroy them, created option? Yes. Right, on, good, bad, online, pod, pox, shorts, boys, and beyond. Oh,
0: well, that was an awesome conversation. <laughs> cool,
1: I, yeah. That really,
0: <laughs> that really came full circle. That was, I was, there was a specific energy that I wanted accessible to people and I think Uh that you really got it out. So that's awesome.
1: Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's really fun to get to talk about it because it's funny. Not a lot of people do ask me about it, but um, I, I love Brett and I love, you know, having relationships at work. So it was really fun to to talk about.
0: Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on. It was really great. Yeah. My pleasure. (laughs) Um, and next week we have, um, on, and I think her and I are going to be talking about auto response systems, um, in detail. So tune in for that. Um, I'm not sure about the time because I always post a different time because I'm doing different things every Wednesday and I can't decide on the time. So, um, just look on Facebook for that. And, um, thank you so much, Georgia, for being here.
1: My pleasure. Thank you, Julia.
0: Okay. See you all next Wednesday. Bye.